Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. And once again, I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matthew Webb. Today we'll be looking ahead to this weekend's game against Bournemouth, but also reflecting on our last outing prior to the international break, the late, late draw at Sheffield Wednesday. And who better to talk about that than the new signing who made his debut and netted our injury time leveller at Hillsborough, a fully on. It's all right here on the Lockcast. Since Webby, thanks as ever for joining us on the Lockcast this week. And after the international break, uh, we're getting ready for Bournemouth this weekend. Looking back now on the game at Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, since coming to you first, what were your thoughts on the game overall at your old stomping ground? Uh, game overall, um, thought it was two evenly matched teams. Um, nip and tuck, um, not much in it. You know, if you look at the first half, no real chances for either side. You know, Jeff's had his, his header, which unluckily for us, hits the inside of the post. Um, I thought Sheffield Wednesday would come out, and they did. I thought they'd come out the second half better than what they had been. They probably shaded the second half, I felt. Got the noses in front. Senny Diang's made a good save from um, Adam Reach. Maslowongo possibly should, when he hits the bar, kill the game. But credit to the boys. They kept going right to the end, kept playing, kept plugging away. Bit of quality on the cross. And uh, Maka gets gets on the end of it for a, for a dream debut. So, uh, yeah, I thought it was about right, the scoreline. Yeah, it's a good point as well about Seni Dieng's save. I think when you're, you're trailing in a game and your goalkeeper pulls off a good save, it doesn't carry the same enormity as it does when you're drawing or winning the match but ultimately had he not pulled off that save we're not going to have got something from the game it was a it was a big save and he settled in well to the first team Senny Dien. Very much so um now he's, he's got his chance a couple of games ago and he's he's gone in and he's he's looked confident he's looked assured what I've liked about him uh everything he's done he's been positive you know if he's come to punch he's come and punched he hasn't come, stopped, hesitated. He's been committed to, to what he's going to do. Hasn't had a massive amount to do uh, in the games, but what he's done, done really, really well. And, you know, the save that I mentioned and you've just mentioned there, really, really important. Because if that goes in 2-0, um, their tails are really up, ours are down. Keeps his side in the game. Doesn't get mentioned by many people afterwards, but so, so important. And Webby, having gone one down like we did... Um with that own goal, although I don't think as much young Barbe could do about it with the ball that came in, he had to try to deal with it because it would have been tapped in behind him. Otherwise, it was great for us to, to battle back and take something from that game, particularly with it going so late. Yeah, since since we spoke about how the game has gone already, but yeah, first half hit the in, hit the inside of the post through Jeff. Um, you know, with that probably unlucky, a little bit unlucky not to be ahead at half time. Sheffield Wednesday probably couldn't have been much worse um, than they were first half. Um, came out, got the goal, and then you, you know, the game swung, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, we've got a real battle on our hands to get anything here. But yeah, no, just, just pure relief. As late as the 96 minutes to, to score as well. It was, uh, you know, we were, the Middlesbrough game. You kind of coming away, and it was one of those games where you felt, you know, the win was, you know, the win was there for the taking, and with the point in a way you're a little bit disappointed, but. Totally different feeling. I mean, the same outcome in terms of a point, but the manner in which the goal came, 
um, in terms of so late. It, it feels like a real point gained in the end. Yeah, and what a debut for Macaulay Bomb. We'll speak with him in a minute, but um, he couldn't have asked for, for much better in terms of a debut to come off the bench and score a, a goal that turned a defeat into a draw deep in injury time. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, as you said, we'll, we'll speak to Macaulay shortly, but, um, you know, strikers to judge on goals. Um, you know, there's been much talk about, you know, fees for, for players and stuff like that. But, yeah, um, when, when you spend money on, on players, strikers especially, that there is an onus on them to, to score goals. And for him to get one like that so soon after signing, was, uh, I'm sure, was a big relief for, for Macaulay. And since I know I've spoken with you before about um, different players and strikers in particular, and you always like to judge them on what they do when they don't have the ball in terms of their, their movement, their positioning. What have you made? Only We've, we've only seen a glimpse of, um, of him, obviously, so far. But what have you made from the little that you've seen of Macaulay Bond? Well, what I saw in the 30 minutes he had up at Sheffield and you know, what I saw of him last year when he, when he was playing against us, um, works his socks off, which is important from a striker. So, you know, that'll compliment Lyndon Dykes because he does exactly the same. He'll give you something different to what Lyndon can give you. Macaulay will look to run in behind, I feel, which I think disturbs back four, back fours or back fives or back threes by running in behind you and stretch teams. So that'll allow players like Ilias Chair to come and, uh, to come and find more space and play. Etc. Etc. So, uh, so I think it'll be a really useful addition because he gives us something that we haven't had. And um, you know, what a what a what a great start. Webby's already touched on it. You know, I think it's really important to start for a striker. And when we speak to Ms. McCall uh, Macca, we'll get his get his take on it. But no matter who you are, where you've been, how much you've cost, when you go to a new club, you want to start well. You want to show your fans. You want to show your management. You know, you. But probably most importantly for me, you want to show your teammates, you want to gain their trust and respect straight away. And you know, come off the bench, great header, great ball in from Johan, he's in the right place, he's on the move. And as I say, that'll just help him settle in double quick. So we're delighted for him. I think we saw last season, didn't we, when we had uh, Naki and, and Jordan Hugo. Um, you've got a real option now, they both can lead the line, but you've got a real option to play another system as well if you need to. However, you're looking to, to go at a game. I mean, play wing backs for, for spells last season, but there's a real opportunity now to either play either of them on their own or play them together. Mm. And uh, looking at the start that, we, that we've made, Webby, we've five points from the opening four games. Um, not a bad start to life in the championship. No, I think there's um, you know there's things still to build on, but yeah, no. We're, in the top half, I think we're, we're ninth, aren't we, as, as things stand going into the weekend? So, no, I don't think we'll be too displeased about start. I think there's been, uh, you know, there's been teams who have made, uh, obviously, obviously, teams who have made worse starts than us. So, yeah, I think we're pretty pleased with, with how things have gone so far. And it remains to be seen if there are any late signings to be had uh, between now and Friday. Uh, but as we stand, there's eight new signings um, since. What have you made of the the work that's gone into building the squad for the coming season. Luke Amos obviously rejoining on a permanent transfer following his loan spell last season. And we've got Tom Carroll, Lyndon Dykes, Rob Dickey, George Thomas, Macaulay Bond, Chris Willock and Albert Adoma. So there's eight, eight, I wouldn't say new faces. Obviously Luke was here last year, but eight new additions to the squad at least. Um, what's your thoughts on that? 
I think we've, uh, we've recruited really well. I think if you, if you go through that list that you've just gone through, you know, they'll all give us something different. They'll all add to the squad. Um, and I'd probably like to, you know, take this opportunity. I think I said it on commentary before the Sheffield Wednesday game. Might get overlooked sometimes. I think an awful lot of credit needs to go to the board and our owners for, you know, the investment that's gone in. And people will come back at me when I say that and say, well, you've got 20 million quid for a Berriese. Yeah, but for eight months, we haven't had a fan in the stadium. We haven't had any income. So they've sold a beret who's done great. They've got a, the best fee they could get for it, but they've invested. The owners and the board have done their recruitment. They've done their homework on players. And I think they've added some quality. So by selling our star asset, our prime, prime asset, if you look at the names there, we've, we've added eight names of quality. Um, who can grow with the club, who can help improve the club, who can take the club to where hopefully we want to get to in the, in the short, medium and long. So I think an awful lot of credit needs to go out. All the players, as I say, you mentioned, I always take the eye of the, the strikers and, you know, the wide players. Really enthused by the, the, the couple of signings this week, you know, with Albert, um, who I've, I've always liked during his career. Chrissy Willick's Bags of potential, you know, just waiting to be fulfilled, if you like. You've got Lyndon, who leads the line, represents his country. Macaulay Bonds coming. Rob Dickey uh, is going to be a, a, a good centre-back at our level and hopefully on. And you've got your, your experience in Tom Carroll. Yeah, we haven't paid a fee for Tom. But Tom will give us something in the middle of the park that we haven't had, that common influence, that playmaker, if you like, experience. Then you've got your youngsters like... Um, Thomas and Luke Amos, who will, you know, he's had, had his season with us. So, yeah, really, really, really good recruitment, really good work, uh, and credit where credit's due to the owners and the guys behind the scenes. And uh, maybe there's more to come still. Yeah, let's wait and see. But Macaulay Bond, bon, one of those eight, uh, and he joins us on the Loftcast. So, let's catch up now with QPR's new striker, Macaulay Bond. <laughs> Bond, thanks very much for joining us on the Loftcast. And, and firstly, just to raise the point that I understand it's only your, your mum when you're naughty that calls you Macaulay. So we'll go with Macca if that's your preference. Yeah, that's the that other preference, yeah. That is, and are you correct? It's only Macaulay when I've been naughty with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, you certainly haven't been naughty as far as QBR fans are concerned. You've uh, come in and, and settled in really quickly. Just firstly on that, to, to join us on a, a Friday and then straight into the squad for Sheffield Wednesday on the Saturday and then to come off the bench and score a 96-minute equaliser. You must have been delighted with how you've started your QPR career. Oh, yeah. It, like, it's been in the bubble for a few weeks now and then for when it, for it to be over the line and then for that to happen in within the space of 24 hours, it's just like it was every boy's dream. It's, just, it's, just, it's a dream start, isn't it? Like, you come in the day before... I didn't, I didn't even expect to get on, didn't expect to have any part of playing and came on and then, well, that's what a way to start. <laughs> I'm happy with that, yeah. <laughs> In terms of that, I mean, was there genuinely a case of when you're on the pitch not actually knowing a couple of the names because you, you didn't really have a chance to get to know any of the lads? Was it a case of genuinely a couple of players can't remember in their names? Yeah, that is a complete ask. I'm not an archer. I've been there nearly a week now and I'm in a group chat and I'm talking to boys. I'm still calling everyone by their different names. But I think the worst thing is, 
they're all still there. I'm calling them their wrong name and they're passing me the ball. So what does that say about them as well? <laughs> I go, well, talk us through that. When you, what, what did Mark Warburton say to you when he was putting, bringing you into the game against Sheffield Wednesday? What, regarding the day before or as I'm coming on the pitch? What, what, no, what, so as you're coming on the pitch, was there any last minute instructions from the manager? Yeah, well, I, I actually didn't know where I was coming on. I thought I'd be up front somewhere. And it was literally, I asked him where I'm going. I said, go play out front, along with um, with Dykesy. And just go, like, basically, just go, go and get going, go and do something. And I think that's the biggest sort of pressure you get from a manager when he throws you on mm. on your debut and says, go and do something. So now I'm thinking in my head, like, be a spark. Bring, bring life to the game or just do something in the game to make sure when it's over, everyone's talking about saying my name or like, oh, he played well, this. And I always intend to do that when I'm playing for anyone. But... The fact that it was my debut for QPR, I think I, I was extra. Well, not say I'm not going to. I'm not going to step off the gas even more weeks. But I think just your first game, you want someone that's going to break the ice, not just with the fans, with the players, the staff, everyone in the mode of football club. And now, I think if I hadn't scored on the weekend, it would have probably taken me a bit longer not to settle in properly. But like, but I think the fact that I scored, it just gave everyone a buzz around the place. It gave me a buzz, and I felt like I settled in within like 24 hours. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll come to you about the goal in a minute, but coming to you since, I've heard the expression before that a dressing room will, will find you out very quickly. So I'd imagine when a new player comes in to a dressing room, it's natural for the, the players to be judging that new person, isn't it? 100%. You know, uh, dressing rooms are, uh, can be, always will be, unforgiving places. And it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter how much you've cost, doesn't matter what your record is, you're almost, I wouldn't say starting again, but first thing, you've got to gain your respect and the trust of your teammates. You've got to uh, show the management and behind the scenes why they've bought you, why they've recruited you. Um, and you've got to show your fans, either if they're in this stadium, which they're not at the minute, or they're on watching on streams. And you know, he, he, he couldn't have done any better in the half an hour that he's gone on. Because by scoring that goal as a striker, I always feel you're a little bit more under pressure as strikers than anywhere else because you judge rightly or wrongly, you're judged on your goal output or what you bring to the team. And let's say Maka comes to the club and he goes seven, eight, nine, ten games without a goal. He starts to doubt himself a little bit. People start to ask a few little questions, but he's put all that to bed. He's still got a long way to go and it's, it's, it's only a start. He'll be the first one to say that. I think it's a dream start for a striker to announce yourself to your new club, your new teammates, your management team by scoring and saying, you know what, that's what you've got or that's what you're getting from me. That's what you bought me for. Well, Maka, talk us through the goal then. I mean, you didn't have too much time to think about it when the, the cross came in, but you made it look a lot easier than I'm sure it was. Just talk us through it, what you remember of that goal. No, basically... Because of the role I went on playing, it was more the fact that I, I like, I'm a runner, so I like making my runs in behind. And it gave the position I was in for the header was because of uh, Lyndon Dykes, he was he was drawing the centre house away from me all game and let, make him, letting me make my runs in behind. And I just saw when Jan just started stepping in. I don't, I, that's not, I didn't know this, but I, I've, I've seen Jan play a few times. I played against him back in the last season. But, and he's, he's just, an absolute beckon across that and just pinged on my head but when the ball was coming the centre half actually jumped for the ball 
And I think, like, this thing going to make reach me. And then out of nowhere, it just found a bit of life and it come right. And to be fair, them ones there, because it was such a reactive one as well. Like, I was, it was kind of a bit behind me. I've missed them in the past. I have. I've, I've put them past the post or hit the keeper. But in my head, I thought, just head it down. Get it down as far as possible. Get it on the floor. Because the keeper of, his, of the guy's stature, the one place he wants it is probably next to his head or there. As long as you head it downwards, toward, downwards and with a zip on the grass, it's helped to go in. And I just, I literally, I remember it hitting me head and watching the ball bounce in in such slow motion. I was like, please go, please go in. And when it went in the final, I just think that's... Uh, and I literally, about not even a minute before, well, the ref told me when I scored the goal, it goes, there's 30 seconds left. So I was like, all right. Let's go. <laughs> and then literally, I've gone to score, so it must have been 10 seconds after that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did that do for you? Like Sinson said, it, it sort of takes the pressure off it when a new striker comes in to score so quickly. Was that something that's in your mind? I just want to get that first goal out of the way. Oh, massively. But I've got a, I've got a fairly good record of doing that on my debut, so I was, hoping, I was trying to keep a, a good record on that. But no, it does. It. Especially with like scoring it and then the journey home with the boys and then in training throughout the week and that, I kind of felt like, I didn't feel like a new kid anymore, do you know what I mean? I felt like, mm. a, I didn't feel like, even, even, they're all actually really welcoming, all of them, they're all sort of take time and talk to you, just chilling. I actually had to go, I had to sing my initiation. So I thought, but this is probably the one time I've never been really nervous to do it. I literally pulled my chair up I started singing a bit of Mario, Let Me Love You. And then not, no one cared about it. But I just thought, that's easier, easier that it's done. Whereas in the past, I've been up there shaking, all sweating and that. But I felt comfortable. And then obviously the goal helped. And then the weeks of that training has been quality. So, yeah. You do feel like you've, you've really very quickly settled into life as a QPR player. You very quickly seem to feel like a QPR player. Well, yeah, I just thought, what's, I thought what's the point? Like, I'm, get, I'm not getting older, but I'm older now. I'm, I'm mature. I'm 24 now. Where I've been in, when I've been the first, when I've been I've gone to a new club, been I, I'm a bit wary of like how do I act around people. But I think I've come here and I thought, you know what, just, just be me. And I think that's probably the best thing I've done is just being my own person around the boys, to the boys. If someone gets back, I get straight back to them because that's when people are judging you. When you're in change room, they try and nibble little things at you, try and banter you, try and talk to you a certain way to see how you react. But if you don't give them the opportunity to be like that to you. It's, it's all squashed and, you, you know, and you're in straight away and that's what I've done. I just, I came in and just was basically, I was me and I've gelled with the boys really well. And since, is that what you want from a, a new signing when they come into your group, someone who's going to come in, be themselves right from the off, get involved in the, the dressing room jokes and all the rest of it? Because ultimately, I'm guessing, when a player feels settled is when they play at their best and that's all you really want from a teammate. It's what you want and it's what you hope for. You know, if you're a manager or you're a, a teammate, I, I used to look at the newcomers coming in the dressing room and you want them to gel straight away. It doesn't always happen. And just interesting what Mac is saying there, you know, um, at 24, he's, he feels he's got a little bit of experience. And I think exactly what he said there, I think that's a great message, if you like, for younger players. You know, just be yourself. Don't try and live up to what other people want from you, you know? Don't put yourself under too much pressure. He's, Mac has been signed for what, what he can offer the team. So don't try and change. Go and try and improve, but don't try and change your game. And if you're a runner and you're running behind, don't stop doing that because you're thinking, 
you know what, I might have to play with my bat the goal. Yeah, you'll learn that. But I, I think they're really encouraged by listening to what he said because that sort of mindset that he's going to bring the change room, one will help him settle, but actually he can impart that on some of the younger players within the club as well because he's been, take this the right way, at a lesser level. He's worked his way up. It hasn't always gone to plan. He's had setbacks. He's had disappointments. But I'm a great believer. Life will throw you up disappointments and setbacks. It's not about the disappointment or the setback. It's how you how you bounce back and how you how you get up and how you come through. And at 24, he's got a little bit of experience of that. So um, no, but he'll be good in the dressing room. Great to hear he's settled. You know, we know enough about his character. He's lively. He's bubbly. Bring that to the change room because that's him. It's not trying to be something else. That's him, and that personality as part of the sign-in, part of the player, part, part of the striker, that's going to do really well at QPR. And Maka, last season you, was your first season in the Championship. You got 11 goals in 29 starts. Do you feel this season you're not trying to prove that you can do it at the Championship? You feel you've done that? Is it a case of proving I can do it above the Championship? Yeah, I always set myself a target to be better than my last season. That's just it. I think that's a as long as, like for me personally, playing the championship last season was my debut, my debut championship season, and I felt like I had to adapt really quickly. I felt like I have. Now I've had a taste of it. I know what it's about. I'm, I've grown up. I've been, I've become more clever. I've learned how to use my body. I'm, I'm learning how to use my leg. I'm, I'm being a more clever all-round player now, and I know how to work these championship defenders or like that. But so I think. That's a case of me just being better than last season, and well, hopefully, what well, I want to go, I want to go up with this team. I want to get in the playoffs with this team. So hopefully, as long as I, and I think everyone in the change has got the same mindset. So my, my, I'm, I'm hopefully get to get a playoff spot minimum. Is that the talk in the dressing room? We have our own, we have our own little combos, but yeah, like, I think, I think, I think that's, that's a no-brainer. QPR, well. All my life growing up, QPR were a Premier League team. I've got I've got friends who live locally to me who are QPR fans. I didn't know that until I saw them, but they send me photos in their QPR shirts. I'm like, that's a random one. And I'm thinking, like, that's how far big the fan base is. Mm. And it's, I think it's a place it deserves to be. And it's definitely got a pedigree of, of, of players and background stuff to go back. That's Premier League. So I'll fight, I'll fight and work 100% every day to get, get my chance to play there. Well, you're getting ready to play Bournemouth this weekend. Two years ago, you were getting ready to play in the National League this weekend <laughs> against Haven and Waterlooville. <laughs> has, it, has your progress in the last two years surprised you? I think it's, I think it's surprised everyone in the world, I think. Don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> just myself. I still wake up in the morning thinking, like, I'm, I'm actually playing in the championship. Like, I, think, I think, Jesus Christ. Because I, I said, like I said two seasons ago, I was playing in the National League, like, in front of a thousand fans. Okay, now there's no fans here, so I've probably gone down a level in that because of fan-wise. But, yeah, no, the fact that I, I look at it and I'm, I'm still very close to the Orient fan base. I'm still very close to everyone at Leighton Orient. And, I, and I, quite large, I look, I, I watch it. If there's a, a game on BT Sport, in non-league games I watch them because I love them because I've been there I've, I've experienced I know that it's an absolute graft I know there's games where you play we, 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 play, we play Tranmere on a, on a cold Wednesday night it rained the whole game and I remember having a game on a Saturday so we stayed up and then we played um, 
who was at Halifax on a Saturday. So we stayed up all week, got to Halifax on a Saturday, and the game had been called off because of the ice. So they come back up there on a Tuesday night to win. I ended up scoring the one new winner away. But that's what non-league is made for. It finds players, and it, it certainly made me and to progress on where I am now. So, yeah, going from having a Waterloo to Bournemouth and playing in Premier League last season, I'm proud of where I've come from, and I'll never stop saying that I am proud of where I come and where I'm going. Do you think it's made you a better player and a, in terms of having to sort of almost step away? Obviously, you were playing League One a few years ago. You, you stepped away and then had two incredible years in the National League, and now you've you done great with Charlton, and now you've had your move to QPR. Do you think it's made you a, a different person and a better player, that experience? Oh, massively. I, I actually went to... I actually... The part of me going to... Like, I actually needed to quit football the se- like that, that season before I joined Lady Orient. But I just really... I, I really hated it. I couldn't stand football. It was making me... It was sending me to, into weird places of what football was doing to me. And I actually did have a bit of time out of the game. But then me going to Lady Orient, it made, it, I fell in love with the game again. And I just... Scoring goals again just made me like, hungrier and hungrier. And then the more I've done it, I think like, right... I want to go. I, I want to challenge myself now. Like, so in again, promote with Leighton Orient. I, honestly, I, if that club, if I, I, that club there for me is where I'd like to end my career later in year when I when I got one knee at forty years old because that's how much love I got for that club. But yeah, it is. It, it, you you go from playing in the foot in, in the football league to nice like in League Two, League One, up centre half. So don't really want to smash you or give us where playing Dagenham Rubbish in the local derby, getting your head glued in. <laughs> on the side of the picture saying going back on you go and thinking like and the next header go it goes again like in any other league but I think that's what's maybe so like robust and like I took, I've taken some absolute beatings but I've had four people on me in a game just scratching me pulling me arm bit here and doing all sorts to me but I think that's where it made me hungry to like I said break away from them and score a goal it's rewarding so yeah it's and that's I think I think to this day I still carry some attributes from when I was playing in a conference yeah, I'm not the finished article. I've got so much to work on, massively. I've got so much, but there's one thing I will never, that will never leave me is that my goal, goal scoring. I'll always want to, I'm always hungry to go and score goals. And I think as a striker, if I can do that, I will take me a long way. Since you're not in there, you seem to like what you're hearing from uh, QPR's new striker. Now, come back to what I said before, you know, I think he, he can have a big influence um, on a lot of the youngsters, you know, just really interesting to hear he got her a point where he he could have turned left and quit and he could have turned right and carried on you know and I, I think a lot of young kids they they don't like to but they might experience that in their careers um but you know fortunately he made the right decision fortunately he had someone that believed in him which is which is huge um fortunately he had someone that gave him his chance and he grasped that opportunity grasped that chance uh, and you know he's He's got to where he is now. And as he says, a lot to, lot to work on, a lot to do. But I'm picking up a real desire and a real hunger to succeed. And I think that's probably come from the hard times that he's had. And the hard times can make you appreciate what you have. But when you come through the hard times and you get something, you want to really keep hold of it and grasp it and, you know, take it on and... I'm love listening to what he said, you know, and uh, I wish him all the best at this club. And you know, he's at a great age where he can continue to develop. He can help us to get to where we want to go to, and he'll get the rewards from that. So uh, we welcome them to the club, and and we wish him all the best. Uh, Maka, we've signed two more. 
And Maka, we've signed two more players, obviously, um, since your arrival and your goal at Hillsborough, Albert Adoma and Chris Willock. How have they settled into the group? Oh, straight in and again. Like, it's like they weren't, it's like they're not new players. They've come in and both of them just settled straight in. Like, got Adoma, who's a lifelong QPR fan, so I think he's, he's so buzzing every year. Got, <laughs> I got um, uh, Chrissy Willock. And yeah, it's, 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 it's it, it, like I said, it's, it, they've settled in how I did. And, they make, and like I said, that's the place around you, but it make you feel so comfortable. Excellent. And uh, just finally, before we let you go, it's former coming up next for us. They've started the season really well, as you'd probably expect, following their relegation. 10 points from four games. This is going to be a good measure of where we're at, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Well, they were, they said they were in the Premier League last season. So it'll be a good competition to see the level we're at now or the level we need to get to. But I'm, I'm, I've got all confidence going into this game on the weekend. And I suppose one of the dilemmas now for Mark Warburton, he's tended to prefer a 4-2-3-1 um, historically. And now he's got two strikers who are banging in the goals domestically and on the international stage. So it's whether he tweaks that or has you battling out for that front position. Well, hopefully, I've given him a, I've given him a headache now, so we'll soon soon find out on on Friday or Saturday night, Saturday morning. But yeah, now wherever I play, if I play, I don't, I don't. My aim is my confidence bench. Go and do it. Get what I did last week weekend again. Great stuff. Um, listen, Maka, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, and best Macca. of luck on Saturday against Bournemouth. No, I appreciate. It. Thanks. So, Good luck, Cheers, chat, guys. Top man. Well, since he's a, a player that's certainly confident and there's always that people talk, they can misinterpret confidence for arrogance. I don't think he's got any arrogance in him whatsoever, but he has got confidence. And for a striker coming into your club, that's, I would imagine if you were a teammate in that dressing room, that's what you'd want to see from him. Yeah, strikers, you know, they, they, they thrive on confidence. They thrive on... Uh, you know, getting the name in lights. They thrive on being part of winning teams and scoring the goals that get you there. Uh, but really, really excited by what I heard from him. You know, it's the first time I've actually spoke to him uh, myself, albeit via a, via a, a Zoom call. Um, what I was really interested more than anything was about his journey as well. You know, gets to the point in football where he almost quits. You know, and a couple of years later, he's been sold for whatever he's been sold for. He's playing at a really good level. He represents his country, and I think that's a that's a huge, a huge thing for anyone in the game. Certainly, youngsters, anyone in life, actually. Because you know what, Paul, Matt, we all go through disappointments. Things don't go to plan. We have a setback. We get let down. We get disappointed. But sometimes, you know, you just got to roll your sleeves up. And I think as my dad once told me as a young kid, you know, if you get down, you get back up. And if you get knocked down again, you get back up and you get back up again and you get back up again. And that, that sometimes can be easier said than done. But what a great story from Macaulay. So he's at our club. He's going to give us something extra. He's going to give us something that hopefully can take us forward. And I speak for myself and every QPR fan. We wish him well because he's at our club now. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, next up for him and next up for QPR is Bournemouth away this coming weekend. Webby, is it fair to say this is going to be our, our toughest of the season so far? Like I said, 
They've made a good start to the season, 10 points from their opening four games. Yeah, I think I think you've asked me that. You've asked that question nearly every time we've been on. Is this our toughest game? <laughs> yeah, um, but no. To be honest, that's, that's the nature of the championship, Matthew. Uh, to be honest, this does feel like a step up. I think, obviously, um, when teams come down from the Premier League, there's always a question mark: how how will they respond? But um, evidently, Bournemouth have uh, obviously a changing manager as well. They've uh, they've responded really well to it. Um, so yeah, and obviously a team, a team with uh, with lots of quality in it, and it'll be a really tough game. Let's talk about that quality with Andy Sinton as he prepares for QPR Plus co-commerce duties this coming weekend. Who are the big threats from Bournemouth? Well, if you look right through the squad, they've got a they've got a squad packed with quality. Um, yeah, they've had an incredible journey over the last decade, if you like, as a club. Uh, they'll want to get back. They got relegated last year. They'll want to get back to where they've been. Um, first attempt, you know, they they started really well. You look through the side in 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 advanced areas. They've got the likes of Solanke and Surridge as a as a good player. Uh, David Brooks was on the bench the last time they played. Um, that quality player. I was impressed the last time they played against Coventry when they won three one. Their midfield three. You know, the three goals came from midfield players. Luma scored and Dan Goslin, um, who's vastly experienced and a good player and he'll be really good at this level. He scored a couple. So, the, you know, I wouldn't single anyone out. I think they've got a good side. They've got a good squad. And it's a game to really look forward to. But it's a game for us to look forward to because we've got good players. We are uh, a good side. And I think we'll get better. You know, you may, we, we spoke about eight new faces. You know, once they gel and get to know each other, and Mark comes up with the permutations that really, really work. I think we'll be a good sign as well. So uh, it's one to look forward to. But I'm, I'm a bit with you, Moz. I think this is, it's not a, any disrespect to Forrest, Middlesbrough, Coventry or Sheffield Wednesday. I think this is our biggest test so far, but really one to look forward to. And I'm really confident about us going down there and getting something. Fingers crossed. Um... And it'd be interesting to see how Mark Warburton approaches this. I mentioned it there just at the end of the interview with Macaulay Bond. And that's, does he try to accommodate both strikers? As Lyndon's been away very successfully on international duty with Scotland, will he give Macca the opportunity to start and Lyndon to be on the bench? If you've got to guess since, what are you saying? Oh, if I've got to guess... Um... I'm not privy to who's come back with any knocks or who's trained well or what Mark's real opinions of the last game was. Yeah. Um, but I think it's great that he's got options. I think he's great he's got competition in all areas of the pitch um, because that keeps you on your toes as a player, knowing that, you know what, if I don't perform, someone might come in. That might be four or five games before I get my place back. Mm. So... Um, I'm interested like you. Uh, I wouldn't second guess how he's going to go. But what I would do now, we'll go, to, we'll go to be positive. We won't go and sit back. Yeah, we need to keep it tight. We need to restrict. We need to frustrate. But with what we've got in our team, I think we can create down there as well and hopefully uh, you know, get the goals to get us a win. And if we can't get the win, certainly come back with something. I think, um, obviously, the manager spoke about it, but I think we've got uh, a, a period of, I think it's nine games, uh, two spells of nine games in, in a month period. I think yeah. Select in terms of predicting team selection and, and looking what 
you know, the team's going to be, I know we've got quite a few more options now. I think it's going to be harder, harder than ever. I think it's just going to be impossible to, I think we'll see changes in, in quite a lot of games now, just given the, the sheer amount of fixtures upcoming, you know. Yeah, and coming back to that, Matty and uh, Paul, you, you want, as a manager, Mark will want whatever, whatever 11 he sends out, he'll pick the best 11 he thinks can get a result, but he'll, he'll, he'll pick the bench. And he's got that luxury now where sometimes the things aren't going quite well. You look behind you and you go, okay, right. But we saw what Macca did up at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, and that's what you want from your players on the bench. When they're called upon, half-time, 60 minutes, 80 minutes, you want them to come in, make an impact and give you as the manager or the coach or whatever your title is, the problem. And I think uh, Mark's got a couple of nice problems, but uh, let's say he'll pick the team that he thinks can win down at Bournemouth and uh, let's hope he can. Yeah, that's a good point as well that Webby has made with the midweek games coming up, etc. Whether he, he would want to have one, one striker sort of getting the opportunity to rest their legs a little bit, knowing full well that Come the Barnsley game, hypothetically, he'll be switching them around and one will be starting and one will be on the bench. So, yeah, it might be a case of looking to utilise the squad rather than looking to put them both out there as well. So, yeah, that's um, a problem for Mark Warburton to solve rather than us. We can just uh, enjoy speculating about the decision that he makes. Of course, this weekend's game at Bournemouth against QPR is available on QPR+. Plus. Just a reminder for season ticket holders that you will need to purchase your match pass for that fixture. It's £10 that's available through qpr.co.uk. Looking forward to this one. Looking forward to seeing how the new signings settle in. Will we see Albert Adoma make his debut for the R's? A lifelong QPR fan, of course. Plenty to look forward to. Thanks once again for joining us right here on the Lovecast. (laughs) 